Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today, we're going to look at some of the statistics that make up our program. Let's hear all of this information and let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Welcome to the Education Equals Hope Hopecast. I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I am Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I'm the director of teams and training. No, I'm not. I'm the co-founder of <laughs> Education Equals Hope and the director of the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals Age in Ecuador as well. That's your job. That's my job. <laughs> Equals Age exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. And the main purpose and the goal for this podcast is to keep your dear listeners and friends all over the world. Um, informed as to what is happening here with the ministry in Ecuador. Because we could not do it without you. Not ever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Today is really exciting because we are going to talk about statistics. Yes, for the first time in forever. No, just kidding. Oh, that makes me want to break into song. But really, um, (laughs) for the first... No, I'm not going to do it. I can do it. You could do that. Um... So we have, we've existed for many years now. Mm-hmm. How I, many years? I don't. 13. <laughs> Officially 13. Officially 13. I'm so glad you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I was involved with this for a few more years before we became official. Right. So I, I can never remember how many years it's been. It's less than 20. It's like it's less eight, than 20, of 18 to thir- <laughs> 13, somewhere in there. <laughs> Um, and as people come down on teams and supporters who are here and supporters who've never had the chance to come to Ecuador, but um, yeah. are generous and kind and share the resource they have with those in desperate and difficult situations, um, the, I, we get asked all sorts of questions <laughs> about statistics. Yeah. <laughs> And if you know me, <laughs> you know I like a good statistic, sure. but like crunching any numbers to come up with the statistics, well, that's a different different scenario. <clears throat> so, but God has graciously brought John Allen, John Allen onto our team, and uh, he was introduced a little over a year ago on a podcast, mm-hmm. and he is great at that stuff. And he has um, started creating this database of, of stats um, that we'll get to have for each year. Uh, and so while this is not like, you know, the most up-to-date stuff, uh, and by that I mean like we're finally crunching the numbers from last school yes. year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really fun to have these statistics to talk about and be like, oh, Absolutely. look. Oh, look, oh, look. So that's what we're going to do today is we're going to share some statistics yes. and again, share some of the stories, the names and the faces that go with those statistics. Yes. Well, one of the reasons why it's really important and it's very helpful for us to know this data is because we talk here all the time, Cameron, about uh, poverty and how alleviation is important and how the development is important. And we also talk about the activities that our ministry sites do mm-hmm. with their students, with uh-huh. their families. This is the way where we can actually get to understand who are we working with? Who are we working for? 
Understanding these data also helps us to improve the way that we do things and the way that we plan for activities, the way that we support. It really, really gives us the, the, the amazing opportunity of understanding how can we support specifically to each of those ministry sites. Uh, but I was, as I was reading through this um, information, I realized that something else is that, as you said, we, we usually just come in. We want to be able to um, to start the program with with whoever is ready. Uh, but we don't actually plan things ahead. We just want to see the need from the people, and we want to start working with them through their own need. We don't want to come imposing anything or come to say, this is what we think should be better. We want to hear the need from the people. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way, what I realize is that we have three different um, kinds of seeing the scholarship happening, the scholarship program happening. One of them is the ministry side churches that we work with. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. talked of um, about almost all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Here in the podcast. Ambata, um, Buen Pastor, Calacali, Carmen Bajo, yes. uh, Casa Dalia, and the rest of Esme, Cristo Liberador, Dios es Amor, Emmaus, it's a, a growing um, university program that we'll talk about because it has very specific rules. Guasaki, Riobamba, Romorillo, Santa Maria, and all of the Second Chances family. All of those are all of the ministry sites that we have, mm-hmm. but we can divide them into three different sections, the three different uh, ways. Categories. Categories. The first one is the ministry site churches. Mm-hmm. Those are Philadelphia Nambato, Buen Pastor, Carmen Bajo, Cristo Liberador, Dios es Amor, Emmaus, Walsaki, Rio Bamba, Romerillos, and Santa Maria. Mm-hmm. Those are the ministry sites that are a church. Mm-hmm. A church comes to us. We know the leadership. We trust the leadership. We we see that they can use it and then that it, they're going to do a good job with it. And we start a scholarship program with them. Mm-hmm. We trust mm-hmm. them, empower them, train them, walk with them, disciple them, so that they can do the same thing with the kids, the students, and their families. These are the churches that we work with. Um, and these are the most of the, the sites that we visit when we have short-term teams coming here mm-hmm. to serve with mm-hmm. them, right? Then the other category Category are, number two. C- number two. The second category it has to do with the ministries, uh, the ministry departments that belong to Youth World, mm-hmm. but are not a church per se. They're parachurch organizations that yes. come alongside, like FEMI. Uh-huh. And second chances and Kalakali. These organizations or at mm-hmm. these organizations have their own thing that they do, their own way of helping people. They mm-hmm. have their own organization, their own staff. But what we can do is to support them as they keep accomplishing their own mission. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same thing, but these are not exactly churches. Mm-hmm. And these ministry sites are all of Esme. We help to different sites of the same um, department. So the, the girls that were in Casa Dalia yes. are not in that residential program, but are be still being supported in that same way. Yes. Um, all of the um, ladies and their children in Amadas that Amadas. are reached to uh, women in prostitution currently. Yes. And even some of the out uh, non-residential program. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, Second Chances. So all of the Second Chances site, um, and our next couple of episodes, we're going to get to hear, or sometime this spring, we'll get to hear from Laura and Jorge Esteves, mm-hmm. um, some of the changes and as that ministry has grown. Jorge is such a visionary, and it's just incredible to watch him work. But so Casa Gabriel, the residential program, but all of the Second Chances sites mm-hmm. that are also in churches, 
but we don't work directly with the church. We work with the second chances. Yep. So that's the the other one. And, oh, the, and yeah. Yes, the third one is Calacali. Mm-hmm. This ministry set is very special because it came out from El Refugio. El uh-huh. Refugio is a different ministry. We have talked about it too. Uh, here in the podcast, this is a different ministry in um, within Youth World, and is uh, an adventure camp, right? But the people there have, he means conference and retreat center camp, not like a five day camp, like yes. a place. Yes. Yeah, I English, really don't English. see that. You know, I don't see the difference between of one thing and the other no. culturally. I don't see the difference. Perfect. Yes. Right. Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> well, the thing is that this ministry site. Um, they have done a great job in not just being there, but also actually just mingling with the culture and mingling with the little town there. Mm-hmm. So they realized we can actually host um, um, a scholarship program for our people here without the need of any church. Mm-hmm. We can do it. We so that's ministry. what the Caldacali Ministry site looks like. And it's amazing. I can wait until we have Susie or Robbie or whoever from El Refugio um, to come talk us about what they're doing mm-hmm. because they're doing an amazing job. Um, and then the third category, so category first, number three. First category, churches. Second yes. ch- category, category um, partner ministries that yes. are doing similar work. And the third category. The third category, I actually cannot put a name on it yet. But the thing is that within the, what we are already doing, specifically with, uh, with some churches and some uh, students, we are able to see them growing, right, from... Some, some of them from preschool to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but many people were like, what can we do after high school? Mm-hmm. Most of the ministry sites are so engaged with the students that they can walk with them and tell them, hey, hey, let, you should study these or I think you're good for this. You know, they can guide them. Mm-hmm. But we also have some of those um, some of those students like Brenda, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Marvin. Mm-hmm. And I think, did we have Charlie here too? Uh, Maybe. I think we've had Charlie on yet, have no? we? I don't know. Well, but Marvin and Brenda definitely. Maybe maybe we we did, did, right? (laughs) I think so. Definitely Marvin and Brenda. Uh um, Amazing guys from ministry sites with a very specific calling for serving others. And they don't just want to receive. They want to give back what they have received. Mm -hmm. Um, In that sense, I can uh, remember when Brenda was like, well, I'm going to fundraise for myself. Um, and thankfully, there's churches and there's people that want to support her. Shout out to the Diocese of Upper South Carolina. Amen. That, um, that she wanted to also say, like, I just don't want to sit here and wait until the money comes to me. I want to be able to go there, show them what I'm doing, tell them how is it going. And at some point, she also said, like, I'm not the only one that needs this support. I'm not the only one that needs this this incomes, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to keep on going and providing this for other people. In this category, we have two different kinds of students. The first one is those students that belong to any ministry site, that they have their own friends and partners in ministry that can fundraise for them. Mm-hmm. And they that way they fundraise for themselves so that they can keep on going to, to college. And then the other category is that um, the, our ministry sites like Cristo Liberador, they said we want to uh, fundraise a little bit for our own so that we can provide that for our college students. Mm-hmm. And this is not coming. These this college students, um, most of them do their own fundraising. And the the ministry funds that we have in the general budget of Equals H does not cover for that. No, we only cover through high school. Yes, exactly. this, we are just like a filter um, and a way of getting the funds 
for them and we support them in different ways, but we don't actually right. give them the money so that they can keep on going. Mm-hmm. So for Brenda, Brenda did her own fundraising mm-hmm. and what, uh, I know that you are getting to is that Brenda did more fundraising than she needed for just her because mm-hmm. she was never, she's such an amazing young lady. She was never like, Hey, send me to school. She said, Hey, there are lots of people like me that need to, to have a higher education. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to support that? And so many wonderful generous people did. And while her education is finished, she has agreed to continue to support that community of people who believe in the higher education of people like Brenda. And we are in the process of figuring out how to best use those resources, putting them at the discretion of the new bishop, Juan Carlos. Yeah. Um, and Cristo Liberador has their part of that for, for supporting and walking with Brenda for so many yes. years. And so it's just really exciting to get to support those Absolutely. three different categories. Probably clear as mud to everybody else, but it was <laughs> a <laughs> yes. good reminder of those three different categories. So those are the three ways that we can see a scholarship program running uh, here in Ecuador. So but here are some... Oh, let's go ahead. Let's go with the numbers. Yes. Um, so some of the really fun numbers from this... The 2021-2022 school year. So we realize that we are talking about the class that graduated in July. Yes. Most North Americans would think, oh, that was May. No, they didn't graduate until July. Um, We had 586 students last year. Um, And we're going to tell you some more numbers along the way. And if any of you are math people, you might be doing some addition being like, wait, that doesn't equal 586. That's more than, or that's less than. Yes. It's because there are so many changes within the school year. Um, so at the point in time that John was <laughs> able to capture these exact numbers, when those numbers came in that day, um, we had 280 boys in the program and 291 yes. girls in the program. So a slightly more girls than boys, and just so excited that we get to empower the young women in this culture, but both need them, male and female. We had 39 students in preschool. We had 280 uh, students in elementary school that we were, have been walking aside, and 244 in uh, upper school or in high school. Mm-hmm. Really, really exciting. And out of that, that you were just talking about that university group, Second Chances does support um, education and, and university. And then the Episcopal College, we had nine all together that we got yes. to walk with in that. We get to, again, we get to administer that program, but we don't do the fundraising for it. Um, so just really exciting to know how many graduated. Um, we know that we had exactly... 51. Students who graduated this last July. Yes. Um, and we know that um, nine, only nine students actually had to leave the program at some point in the middle of the year. And there are all sorts of reasons for that. We got to capture mm-hmm. those two. Um, mostly it's because they had to move, um, move away from the city of Quito. And I think this is a great number. Jorjito is like, don't share that. But I think it's great that <laughs> we get to say that only three people failed. Only yes. three of our 586 p- students failed the year. Yeah, that's um, a pretty good number. And I'm really excited uh, that. And one of those uh, was uh, in the coastal area, and one of those was um, in a Second Chances site, and one of those was one of the Episcopal sites. But we know that we did everything we possibly could to come around these young people. Absolutely. And if they don't want it, they don't want it. And that's, right. that's their decision, too. 
So um, there are some of the hard numbers. And here are some of the, um, the stories that go with those hard numbers. Mm. Um, uh, Ariel is 15 years old. Um, he's from one of our rural ministry sites. It's his first year of high school. Sadly, his mom died when he was a child, and his father left him to join another new marriage. His grandmother, who has neither formal education nor employment, is the one who takes care of him. She is a subsistence farmer. And a few months ago, her husband, his grandfather, also Mm -hmm. abandoned the family. So there have been several situations that have hit the family and Ariel's emotional situation. Very hard, to say the least. But his grandmother um, does an incredible job of supporting him and is really cooperative in the scholarship process. Uh, The ministry side has been able to do multiple home visits, um, and they're always kind enough to offer a cup of tea and share how they're doing and have really come to see the scholarship program, as is our hope and goal, as a pastoral care Mm -hmm. for them, uh, someone walking alongside them, as well as that hard, um, physical, tangible impact of being able to help with school supplies. Um, Well, actually, in Ariel's case, There's not a high school where he is, so um, he has to use take the bus every day, and there are no public school buses here, so he has to pay for transportation for him to get to and from school, and the scholarship pays for his transportation and pays for him to be able to buy a snack during school hours because it's just it's a hard life. Yeah, and this story, like like every story that we're going to share, but this one in particular explains exactly the reality of many of our students. This is how, this is where they're coming from. Broken families, really hard situation, and most of them don't have an easy access to education. Even if they had every, like all the money that they will need, it's not easy to go to a school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that, um, you know, at 15 years old, this is just his normal life. He doesn't know anything Absolutely. else. Absolutely. Uh, and it's when he gets years down the road is when he's actually going to turn around, when Ariel will turn around and be like, oh. Wow, that that church, that community—they really came around me. They they supported me in a very vulnerable mm-hmm. time in my life, and and we get to do things now that have impact for a long, long time. Yep. We get to coordinate that. The people in the ministry sites—they're ones yep. who do the really the really hard work. Um, two other quick stories: Jessica, eighteen, is a single mom, has a two-year-old mm-hmm. daughter, um, and obviously it's hard being a young mother. A big responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her mother currently doesn't have a job, so she's able to help take care of the two-year-old while Jessica is dedicated to finishing her school. Um, and the daughter has become the engine, the emotional and, and psychological engine for Jessica to, to continue to study since she is her greatest inspiration. Um, the scholarship is able to help Jessica cover the costs of the school man- materials and during the pandemic was able to help cover internet costs. Right. And then the last one we're going to share right now is um, Elsa. Elsa is 15 years old. She's from a different rural ministry site. <laughs> and this is so cute. She wrote this as a thank you letter to us. Hello, everyone. My name is Elsa, and I'm 15 years old. First of all, I thank God for everything he has done for me and my family. I've always prayed for the scholarship. I mean, she's only had it for a year, so I think that means she's been praying for this opportunity for a while. And to see God answer those prayers is such a gift. I feel very grateful for everything that God has done and the people who help us. I feel happy. 
I am also praying for the people who help us because thanks to that, I can continue to study even though my family does not have many resources. That motivates me to be smarter, to pay attention, and to work hard in high school because I only have three years left to fulfill another step in my life, to fulfill my dreams, and to be able to give my best so that my parents feel proud and that the scholarship money is not in vain. And it's just incredible to know how seriously... um, this culture in general takes the opportunity of yes. micro scholarships and then just that sense of I want to make people proud around me. And it's just that little tiny bit yes. that makes a huge difference. It's amazing to see how much of an encouragement it is for them that they feel supported, they feel seen, mm-hmm. right? It's just amazing. Oh. Um, if you would like to be a part of helping send Ariel or Jessica um, or Elsa to school, please go to www.educationalshope.org. Find the Donate Now button. We can't do any of this without you. We invite you to be a part of this. Um, we are always looking at how God is going to continue to grow this program. There are more young people who were just born into desperate and difficult situations, and yes. it's a privilege to get to live out what it is we say we believe and to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is just a gift. And I'm so grateful for all the people around us who make all of this happen. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It is amazing. We're super thankful for everything. And we are thankful also for being able to see this and have all those numbers right there so that we can understand how we are working. You're here. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to our HopeCast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.